Welcome to the Zombie Book Club, the only book club where we talk about nothing in particular because this is the first episode of The Casual Dead. Yay! Uh, it's like if there was a movie between Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead called Noon of the Dead, uh, where we talk about sandwiches and just ate. I wish we did just eat sandwiches. <laughs> Why didn't we yeah. have sandwiches? Do you want to have a sandwich podcast where we just eat sandwiches and review Could sandwiches? Could it be called Sandwiches and Hammocks? We call it um, Club Sandwich. No, you already used Club Sandwich as a prior uh, car club. Yeah, yeah, our car club was car Club Sandwich. We met up once a month to eat club sandwiches. No other types of sandwiches were allowed. Yeah, I don't want a club sandwich. And we weren't allowed to talk about anything but the sandwiches we were eating. This is a great start to our first Casual Dead <laughs> podcast. Feels appropriate. Yeah, I'm Dan. And uh, when I'm not unwittingly commenting on someone's unpopular hot take on threads and being penned as the top comment, in something that became a week-long controversy, um, I'm writing a novel that is a slow grind, and I keep telling myself it's great. It's pretty good. <laughs> and I'm Leah, and I spent my entire vacation making clay mushroom incense holders, hoping someone will buy them on Etsy so I can quit my day job. <clears throat> if any of you would like to buy some incense clay mushroom holders, mushroom <laughs> hold incense, wait, mushroom incense holders made wink, of clay. Wink, 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 wink. Also, I made some cute frogs. Oh my God, the frogs, <laughs> are they are cute. so cute. Um, yeah. This is our first Casual Dead episode in 2024. We're moving to uh, weekly episodes with a new format. Yeah, week one, we're going to talk more casually about the undead as well as ourselves who are not quite undead, but sometimes feel that way. Yeah, what kinds of things are we going to talk about, Leah? Uh, our own life updates, <laughs> zombies in the news, um, and I'm really hoping that some folks start leaving us random creepy voicemails at 614-699-0006 where you can ask us for zombie apocalypse or life advice, and we will answer uh, always in the form of it being within an apocalyptic scenario. So that's what this week is about. And then the next week, we'll do our usual book club fanfare. Yeah. Where all we do is talk about zombie media, a particular thing that we've watched, um, which is going to be next week, The Dead Don't Die. They don't die. Nope. No more than you or I. Well, you know, it's actually a very philosophical <laughs> statement to say the dead don't die. We just continue. Yeah. No more than you or I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So personal life update, Leah. Um, first personal life update. We're only going to do personal life updates in this type of episode every other week. Mm -hmm. I had a threads oopsie. I witnessed your threads oopsie and then I suddenly <laughs> liked some of it and then suddenly it took over my entire threads feed. Yeah. So um, I made a whole bunch of bullet points about this because honestly, there is just so much going on here that I really couldn't commit all of it to memory. So basically what happened here was someone made this post that to me seemed like they were a reader. I was tired of authors who like did cold solicitation to them uh, to buy their book all the time. I've had this happen where like I'm talking to somebody like, Ooh, I like reading this kind of book. And then somebody's like, what do you think about my book? <laughs> read my book, read my book, buy it. Buy my book. And then I'm like, I don't know you, man. <laughs> stop. Stop trying to get me to buy your book. Anyways, um, personally, I felt that it was it was like valuable marketing advice. Like, yeah, you should connect with people. You should make community. Um, you should connect with people on a personal level if you want them to if you want them to be interested in what you're writing. Mm. Makes sense to me. And I'm like, this is a, this is great advice. Turns out 
people were very mad about it. Um, and that's, and I found that out right after I was pinned as the top thread as I tried to dissect what she wrote um, because it wasn't as eloquent as I would have written. Yeah, because you're a writer and this yeah. person is not. <laughs> and I felt it was a little unclear. So I tried to clear things up for people and explain why it's good advice. Um, and it went to hell. Uh, blew up way out of control. Um, and the original poster just started, started fighting with people. Um, and it turned into this argument over literally it was like the phrase was capitalism versus community, which like, unless they backed up what they were saying with what was, what that means to people it meant nothing. Yeah, it was basically like, a, and obviously I'm, I'm capitalism over, or, oh my God, I almost said that backwards. I'm capitalism. community over <laughs> capitalism. And it was like, somebody would be like, my feelings are hurt. I should be able to publish. I should be able to advertise my book without getting into my personal life. Yeah. And then she would just write capitalism over com- commune or. Yeah, we know, we know the, yeah. the thing, the phrase. This the is what happens phrase. when we try to record something when it's getting dark outside. <laughs> Both of us are just like. <laughs> Um, having a hard time with words. Uh, so a lot of the authors meant the po- uh, meant, took the post as her saying that authors shouldn't ever post anything about selling their book. They should never be like, I wrote a book, please buy my book, or here's a pitch about my book. They should only ever build community and never mention their book, which is a really hard stance to, to extrapolate from that. But I get it that the way that she worded it was very ambiguous. Uh, and then, um, then things got racist. There was a real race. Uh, there was, there was some racism going on and it was blowing my mind. And honestly, I wish I never said anything at all. Um, because now it's clear to me now that the post was designed to be divisive. Yeah, she, she said it was an experiment. She said it was a social experiment, which I don't know if that's just her um, trying to weasel her way out of this, this kerfuffle um, or if that was actually her intention. I don't know. Uh, but it was vague, poorly worded, and it uh, quickly turned into a bare knuckle drag out fist fight in the front yard with all your aunts and uncles after uh, watching Fox News on a Thanksgiving. Oh, God. So what is the survival <laughs> tip here? What is the social media survival tip Shut that you learned? <laughs> no, I'd say um, read read all the comments. The problem is that I came in very early before the arguments happened. And I was like, yeah, this is very helpful. And then everybody's like, yeah, well, maybe I need to sell my book to feed my family. And I don't want to tell you about my personal life yeah. and every time I take a poop. Yeah. And to be fair, a lot of people agreed with what I was saying, like people who are professional marketers who have been authors for a long time and know how to market books. But if you're, if you're taking her words exactly the way they were written, which a lot of people did, um, you know, it could, it could, it could be interpreted as don't sell me your books. Yeah. Or don't advertise your books. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't advertise. Your books. Just don't advertise. Just well, hope somebody buys it. What I would say about this, if you want to see Dan make a fool of himself occasionally on the internet, oh. go to Threads. This is your second Thread story <laughs> that you've had to learn from. Oh, my God. The countertop heights? Yeah. <laughs> um, in we other learn nudes, and we grow on the internet. I said in other nudes. 
In other news, mm. in other news, uh, despite my threads, oopsie, um, I've realized that I have oh, always had a natural talent for social media. I mean, this is actually clearly an example of how good at social media I am. I, I mean, you blew up. You in, did. In a single thread that lasted four days. You did. Which is a, it's like an eternity for a thread. Like usually 24 hours. That's it. Um, it's gone. It's old news. Um, but yeah, I've decided uh, I, I think I need to like pursue social media management um, as a possible replacement for truck driving as like the way that I make money in this life because um you know i actually do have experience doing it you do and you have a great track record yeah i you know i i have provable track record can i get on right mountain for a moment uh yes the right mountain is all yours like my suggestion of the creation of this podcast i also said turned to you and said dan why have you never thought about social media marketing as your job and that's when my brain exploded i'm like how have i never thought of that i'm an excellent (laughs) wing person for you yeah People, people don't know probably, but like, a lo- you know, many years ago, I was actually a full-time video editor for like a number of pretty, pretty big, um, subscriber account YouTubers. And, uh, and I did manage some of their social media profiles, but for some reason, I've just never considered just being like, Hey, can I get a job doing that? You can get a lot of jobs doing that. That's what I was saying because, like, I we have people who do this for the organization I work for and, and past organizations I've worked for, and they get paid a comfortable salary. And their uh, like subscription counts would be like four thousand people. It's not like you have to be viral and have a million followers to prove yeah. that you can do this well. So that's true. My, I mean, my YouTube channel that like I haven't uploaded anything to since like twenty eighteen. Um, I I had that up to almost 50,000 subscribers, which, uh, you know, at the time I, I would have been like, I'm a failure. I never, I never made it to 50 million <laughs> failure. But, um, you know, in, in retrospect, I'm like, actually, that's pretty good. 50,000. You can do it. That's, a, that's quite a bit. I paid my bills. Yeah. Not very well, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. Well, you know, I think this is the, uh, personal life update where we both share embarrassing things. Yeah. So, Dan, have you ever intentionally or accidentally shared a dick pic before? I haven't um, because I've never, ever even once taken a picture of my dick. I think that that's probably wise. Um, So last uh, week when we recorded and put the podcast out, I talked about how I went through this phase on Dan's tablet of learning how to draw dicks. And I drew a piece called uh, The Forest of Dicks that I'm actually quite proud of. Um, Thank you. (laughs) There's a lot of exploding happening in it. (laughs) There's one called the Green Geyser. Yeah. Uh, or Geyser? Geyser. Geyser. Anyhow. It could be a geyser, too. These are not things I'm going to put out there in the universe. Or if I do, I will be doing it under a pseudonym that nobody will ever know. Yeah, we'll post the link in the description. No. <laughs> we will not. But uh, anyhow, I was like, I need to share this with somebody. Like, I need to share this. So I shared it with my best friend, Brittany. I was like, I said to Brittany, I was like, Brittany, can I please share a dick pic with you? And she said, yes. <laughs> so I sent her my artistic rendering of a forest of exploding dicks. Uh, and we had a good laugh about our own impressions of what dicks look like. It was a good time. Um, but I forgot that I took in a token. I'd taken a picture of this forest of dicks and it was on my phone. And so I got a massage this week, part of my wonderful vacation. And I was telling my massage therapist about all the mushrooms that I had made. 
Yeah, you and made some mushrooms. <laughs> I did make some mushrooms. Uh, and she was like, oh, I really want to see them. Like, can you show me some pictures? So I pull out my phone. I'm scrolling. Th- I'm just like flipping through the mushroom pictures. And then all of a sudden, I just see her. Because I'm not looking at my phone. I see her face. <laughs> her eyes like bug out of her head. Her hand covers her mouth. And she just starts laughing. And I like pull my phone away. And it's the forest of fucking dicks. <laughs> so I accidentally sexually harassed my massage therapist. Um, and I think she's forgiven me, but I'm not, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like she found it very amusing. <laughs> she did. She laughed a lot. And I was like, I really didn't mean to show you that. And she's like, it's okay. Like me and my friends do worse. But what made it like, uh, extra terrible was she had just been telling me about all of the creepy dudes who hit on her as a massage therapist. Mm. And I'd asked her if a woman had ever done that. And she said, no. <laughs> Do you and want one sh- too? <laughs> I shared a dick pic <laughs> with her accidentally. So moral of the story, um, maybe this is why tip? Snapchat was. <laughs> um, share dick pics on Snapchat. Yeah. That's my, is, <laughs> that's my survival tip. You know, I've never even downloaded Snapchat even once. I downloaded Snapchat with my little sister-in-law. Not your sister, it's my ex-sister-in-law, but still my sister-in-law because she's family to me forever. Anyways, she got Snapchat when she was a teenager. And at first I was like, this is fun. Then I was like, if I was 15 and I had this app. Oh my God. <laughs> if you and I had been teenagers with that app together. Yeah. I would have screenshotted a lot of things. <laughs> well, that's the problem. But I was like, this is the perfect fucking app for horny kids, teenagers. Yeah. So. All right. Well, there's a hot tip for you if you're a horny teenager. Yeah. Get damn. Snapchat. Uh, un- unrelated to our embarrassing stories of humiliation, uh, have there been any zombies in the news in the last couple zombies weeks? in the news, Leah? Zombies there's, in the news, Leah. There's zombies in the news. When's the last time we did a zombies in the news? I don't know. Like a episode while. one. <laughs> I know we kind of forgot about it. <laughs> Uh, I was really excited. I actually sent this one to you. Is the Zomdeer. Has anybody else heard of the Zomdeers? Yeah, we'll wait for your response. Yeah, we're just going to sit here. Yeah. So what is, Leah, what's the Zomdeer I keep hearing about? It's an epidemic of zombie deer spreading across North America as well as South Korea, Norway, um, all around the world, basically. And it's only with um, cervids, which I don't know what that means, but it's deer, elk, moose, caribou, and reindeer. And it's a chronic wasting disease, which is a oh. prion disease. Yeah. Um, Dan, do you remember the last time we had a major issue with a prion disease? Yeah, I do. What, a, I what was, was that? You were there for <laughs> yeah. it? Did you get it? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> and that explains what I am right now. Um, mad cow disease. I don't know if that's the last prion disease, but that was the bat last big one that I that I recall. Yeah. But yeah, prion diseases are fun. It's a uh, it's a un- unfolded protein strand um, that's mutated. I didn't know protein strands were folded. See, this is what I rely on Dan for. This yeah. is the science. So imagine like a, a protein strand, kind of like it unravels itself and it puts it back to get itself back together, but it puts itself back together wrong. Uh-oh. And then that protein strand goes to a whole bunch of other protein strands and says, you're the problem. You should be like me. That's a bully. Yeah, it's a bully. A bully protein. Um, but that's basically what happens. And with uh, mad cow disease, it, it uh, started because they were feeding um, like cattle byproduct. Back to cattle. Back to cattle. Another reason why I don't eat animals. So yeah. fucked up. So like if, if you... if. This is something that can happen if you, you know, do cannibalism over a long period of time is, um, I forget what it's called, but there is actually like a human prion disease that you can get from 
eating other humans. I wonder if the Donner Party, anybody from there got it, and we just don't know. Well, maybe. It's possible. <laughs> but regardless, it's a prion disease, which means it's potentially spreadable to humans. We don't know if it is yet, but what it does is it changes the deer's brains and nervous systems so they have symptoms like drooling, lethargy, they get really emaciated, they stumble. And then I think what's like most zombie-esque is the blank stare. They're just not really there anymore. And it's fatal. There's no treatments. There's no vaccines. Um, It can take over like a year before an animal even develops any symptoms. So like if you ate venison recently, you never know. Um, And to date, there have been no reported cases yet of it in people, but there is a high potential for it to hop over because it's um, something that's happened before. And they've done studies on monkeys, which I don't condone, but they've done studies on monkeys and shown that it can cross over. So basically there's an outbreak, shift. an outbreak. It's finally made it to Yellowstone. So it's basically going to probably over the many years decimate the Yellowstone population ecosystem and uh, it's persistent. It's extremely hard to eradicate. So once it is somewhere, it lives in the dirt on surfaces as resistance to disinfectants, formaldehyde, radiation, high temperatures. Like once it's there, it's there. There's no getting rid of it. I think it's like ticks. Yeah. In that way. I hate ticks. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what's happening. And as human settlements and agriculture continues to encroach on uh, wildlife, Basically, we're going to have more outbreaks. And what's freaky to me about it is that already the Alliance for Public Wildlife estimated that 7,000 to 15,000 chronic wasting disease infected animals are consumed already by humans annually, uh, which is an ex- with an expected 20% increase each year. So it's happening. People are eating it. There just hasn't been a case of it, but it's going to happen. It hasn't shifted yet. Yeah. In Wisconsin, they have uh, meat testing for game meat that's totally voluntary. But the reality is, is like basically a third of the people in places like Wisconsin who are eating deer meat are eating infected deer meat and they just have no idea. So I do have some survival tips for us all on this. Yeah. Uh, Number one, don't eat Bambi's mom. Okay, I won't. I feel like that's a good start. But just specifically Bambi's mom. Yeah, just just Bambi. Because she's already mom dead. Definitely was infected. Zom deer. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what a wow! You know that could be a great mashup of uh, Bambi and zombies. I don't really know how that would go. <laughs> I don't know. I think it could make a good shirt, though. <laughs> That's true. That's true. My favorite shirt that Dan gave me is the Ewoking Dead shirt. The yeah. Ewoks. It's Ewoks, but they're zombies. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, don't eat Bambi's mom. Don't eat deer. But if you do. Get them tested um, because you never know. And it really is, I think, a matter of time. And my other tip for you is avoid um, harming apex predators. So the other thing is people are, you know, uh, we have this tendency to think that coyotes and wolves, other apex predators, bears are a problem and we should eradicate them because they um, eat our livestock and stuff like that. We should leave them alone because they'll actually help control this disease and it'll have a more balanced ecosystem. So I'm a fan of that. Yeah. Also, they're really cool. They are really cool. Yeah. I love hearing the coyotes around our neighborhood sometimes. Yeah. It's really sad that there's like almost no wolves left. <sighs> wolves are so... Do you know that wolves mate for life? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but that sounds really nice. But also like a pack of wolves. Sorry, I'm going down this tangent. That's what this podcast <laughs> is for, the casual dead. A pack of wolves, apparently, so says an Instagram reel, so... Fact check me. <laughs> a pack of wolves, only the one couple actually reproduces. The others don't. What? Yeah. Huh? 
I know. What? Is it true? I don't know. I do know that they are monogamous, and that's kind of sweet. I mean, that sounds like a bad survival strategy. I don't know. I mean, it's certainly one way of getting your gene pool to be like the gene pool if you are the, yeah, that's true. Yeah. the leaders in the pack. Hey, Leah, you know about this Mark Zuckerberg guy? Yeah, you're using all of his apps, and so am I. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I love threads. Thanks, Mark. I mean, we've said it before. Threads and Instagram are the Walmart of social media and we like it better than the amazon of social media yeah. which is owned by musk yeah so it's, what it's it is. true isn't it weird how like things went full circle because uh walmart was like the devil and then um you know it got to a point where like we got to go back to shopping at walmart because amazon's the devil now <laughs> at least walmart has brick and mortar stores yeah i don't know it's just the world we live in um yeah so uh mark zuckerberg he's a uh, he built a house he built more than a house. Why are we talking about this on, on uh, Zanaya Book Club? So <laughs> he built a bunker. And I want to start with this quote by Douglas Rushkoff, who's an author and media theorist, who says, if anybody about him before. has enough, that's right. He was in the, the billionaire bunkers. Yeah. Same, same author. If anybody has enough money to insulate himself from the damage created for society, it would be Zuck. I didn't know that Zuckerberg had a short name, like a oh, yeah. nickname, Zuck. The Zuck. The Zuck sucks. <laughs> I call I call him M Dog. Yeah. So, um, why do we care about Mark Zuckerberg's bunker? Uh, first of all, we uh, billionaires suck. <laughs> Have we already established this? Do any of you like billionaires? I'm going to make a, like a poll. How yeah. many of you would eat a billionaire? Yeah. Uh, how many How many people are like just leave the billionaires alone? <laughs> yeah, they didn't do anything. <laughs> They're the only reason that our society is worth saving. Um, anyways. Uh, so, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg is building an underground bunker. Mm. Um, let's let's talk about this bunker because we've talked about billionaire bunkers before. We got a lot of good details in this one. And honestly, I'm pretty sure that Zuck the Suck was at uh, this conference that we talked about in the billionaire oh, bunkers sure. episode. Yeah. What I want to know is, is he the one who suggested that you should put your security guards with shock collars to control them in the event of an apocalypse? I think it might be. It might be. But that feels like a Jeff Bezos thing. Either way, I bet you that Zuck was nodding emphatically. <laughs> Definitely. He's just like, yeah, let's hear more about that. So basically, <laughs> there's a secret construction project. So we're not that secret because we're talking about it. That is taking a uh, place on the northeast side of the Hawaiian island of Kauai, which I've been to. It's a really beautiful place. And it's a compound loca located between Kapa'a and Hanalei, also two beautiful places, um, that is, quote unquote, shrouded in secrecy. It has a six foot wall blocking visibility. Um, security guards, yeah, you're right, uh, enforcing strict measures. And uh, the project involves over a dozen buildings, two mansions, 11 tree houses. I guess that's kind of cool. I love that there's tree houses. Yeah. A gym, pool, sauna, hot tub, cold plunge, tennis court. And here's what's relevant to us. A 5,000 square foot underground shelter. How many square feet is our house? I don't know, but I feel like that is like two of our houses. At least. Our house is 1,700 square feet. Yeah. That's um, a fucking huge bunker. Yeah, it's a 5,000 square foot uh, underground post-apocalyptic bunker with a uh, living space, a mechanical room, and an escape hatch for escaping. That's ready for I anything. Assume. And it's self-sufficient. It has a water tank with a pump system. It has ranching and agriculture, so this guy's ready to feed himself and yeah. all of his minions. I assume the ranching and agriculture is on, is on the surface. Probably a little <laughs> bit of hydroponic downstairs. There's something going on yeah, down there. I, I gotta imagine. And, uh, At least weed. You gotta have the weed downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And you know what's wild? I think we talked about this a little bit in the last episode. It's like, what is it, like a $2 million project? No. Yeah. It's 
what, 200 and 270 million. Yeah. You know, all the articles say $100 million, but then in the article, they're like 270 million. I don't know why they're understating it. <laughs> yeah. And here's what pisses me off. I'm going out of order from our notes. He's spending 270 million on this. Uh, the local Hawaiians, he's donated 24 million yeah. to placate them. Yeah. That's a, that sounds like just enough to not have to pay any taxes. The fuck face. Yeah. I wonder if the reason that they're saying $100 million is because there's $170 million worth of tax write-offs that he's going to like get back next year. Who knows? <laughs> I remember when he bought that land years ago and there was a big kerfuffle because, oh. um, I mean, in general, a lot of Hawaiians are saying, please don't come. Like, please let us live here in peace. We're a colonized place. And I'm sure that he was very respectful. <laughs> of, of their wishes, right? He was like, I understand. And uh, you know what? I should give this back. That's what he said. So I imagine, respectful. Right? Somebody died in his construction site. <laughs> I think that's the opposite of giving them their land. Yeah, back. someone died during Come construction. Come work on my land. All of the die. workers on the project have to sign non-disclosure agreements. Um, and it's basically like an unprecedented level of secrecy and security. So the things that we do know, we know because you have to submit plans. Yeah. Um, for permits and things of that nature, but they have like different crews working on different parts of the project. So they don't, nobody actually like who's worked on it has even seen the entirety wow. of this thing. It's very deliberately made to be extremely secret, which leads me to the question of why is Mark Zuckerberg making a $270 million stronghold and bunker yeah. for himself? I think you asked the question, Dan, like, what does he know? Yeah. What does Mark Zuckerberg, what, what does he know? What does he know? He is actively involved in destroying the world and then creating himself a little fucking paradise for him. Yeah. You know, I guess when you have a hand in destroying the world, you kind of know when it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, what? in the event of a zombie apocalypse, I would say that Hawaii would be one of the more isolated places that it would probably go to last. Don't you think? Uh, Hawaii? Yeah. I mean, there's flights going in and out, but it is a very remote island. Oh, yeah. yeah. Set of islands, I should say. I mean, I think a lot of people might have that idea, though. But it's also so remote that it would be difficult to get there if there's no, like, planes flying. Well, what's amazing is that Hawaiians themselves, the way that they found Hawaii was from another island in Polynesia. I forget where. And they used the stars and birds migration patterns to find it because they knew these birds were going somewhere for yeah. land. And that's how they even found it. So it's possible to get there in a fucking canoe. Yeah, they went in canoes. Yeah. They were like, birds are going that way. Let's get in our canoes and paddle. Yeah. I think that people, <laughs> um, indigenous people specifically, who have maintained their traditions are so much more likely to survive than the rest of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of indigenous folks yeah. and native Hawaiians, they are not happy with the zuck uh oh you think that they'd love this yeah you, why would they love it dan oh i mean it's just adding so much to the natural order of hawaii yeah i mean they definitely want one more white person who's super rich to kick them off their that's land that's what i'm saying <laughs> and make them indentured <laughs> laborers basically uh yeah so so you're saying that there might be some criticism surrounding a little bit. For folks who don't know a lot about the history of Hawaii, just a little bit of a backstory. So, uh, like all the rest of the United States, it was colonized forcefully. And there was an entire uh, kingdom, um, monarchy, and cultural and social and political systems that existed on the islands of Hawaii that was forcefully taken over. 
about 100 years ago, I want to say. I'd have to go back and look at the exact dates. But um, Havaians have always maintained sovereignty in terms of like stating that they have sovereign rights. And they have a whole bunch of cultural traditions that are very cool. One of them is called Kuliana rights, which are considered ancestral land rights that still exist in state Hawaiian law, um, which basically gives Native Hawaiians and their descendants access and use privileges for like very specific familial parcels. Um, These rights have cultural significance. They still have legal recognition, which I think is great. um, And it's deeply connected to their culture. But uh, Zuckerberg basically just pressured local landowners with those Kuliana rights to leave. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Just just fuck you. Give it up. Yeah. Actually, (laughs) um, a great TV show, White Lotus, the first season um, where the White Lotus Hotel is based on, one of the main characters who's a native Hawaiian says, like, that's his family's Kuliana. Those were his oh, right. traditional yeah, lands that. Yeah, that had been taken over forcefully. <clears throat> so, yeah, local reactions, they don't love him. Um, in fact, there was a, a petition of 100 million people saying, please, fuck off, Mark, which was obviously not all Native Hawaiians, but anybody who's an ally to them as well would say, like, yeah. go, go fuck yourself. Um, but, yeah, the thing that they did to try and make everybody like him a little bit more is they created the Chan Zuckerberg Kauai Community Fund and donated over $20 million to local nonprofits since 2018. Aren't they yeah, so, so great and charitable? Yeah, so did so did Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Was he just matching? No, this is Mark. Oh, I thought you were, okay. Mark well, is the fun. I'll delete that part. The part where you just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're um they're not the greatest. Uh, but it really does concern me that people like Mark Zuckerberg are genuinely concerned about the apocalypse yeah. happening. I mean, so part of it's like is is there a possibility that they they just have so much money and like it's kind of fun to think about the end of the world now and they're like oh I'm gonna build a cool tree house that's like off grid and it's also underground and I'm gonna it's it's a zombie bunker or are they like the end is nigh and we gotta go underground see you later guys I don't know my pipe my pop psychology interpretation is that any to be a billionaire you must have such a sense of scarcity in the world that you have to hoard everything Mm. to survive like uh you got to be like stuck in your root chakra of fear and and paranoia that's my weird hippie spiritual (laughs) pop psychology comment like uh because it's just really wild the thing that you need all of this but actually be contributing to the end of the world at the same time that's that's mark So um, I, I've done I've done some research into this myself, and uh, I came up with a plan to uh, to take to take Mark Zuckerberg's stronghold um, after the zombie apocalypse. Uh, are, do, do you want to be part of my survival wasteland crew? I mean, to, I thought uh, I already was. Do I have to apply? Yeah, you have to apply. <laughs> what kind of marketable skills? I thought do I you had like to, nepotism uh, on my side as your partner <laughs> for life. No, this is. Um, this is you have to have the the skills for the job. What kind of skills do you have for my my road warrior gang? Um, I'm an excellent diplomat. Okay, diplomacy uh, is is third. But, you know, <laughs> we we do. You need, need it later. Yeah. I'll be on the back lines, not the front lines. Okay, yeah. I have rage. If it's towards a billionaire, oh yeah, yeah. I have a lot of um. Well, a we're, lot of suppressed rage. That we're definitely find. like Robin Hooding this. We're going okay. after the people who have everything because like. I mean, let's be honest. If you're robbing people that have nothing on the road, like you're also going to have nothing. It's 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 a it's a zero sum sort of uh, just trade nothing game. around. Yeah, go after the people that have the shit. 
Yeah. And all the people that don't have anything, you just absorb them into your crew. But um, anyways, I found out that Mark Zuckerberg spent $43 million on his personal security in 2023. So double the amount that he's donated over five years yes. in one year on personal. Like I said, this man has a lot of fear and he's got yeah. out of his root chakra. Um, he's reported to have no less than 16 bodyguards at all time. I hate this. That person. seems like a lot. I feel like the president doesn't even have that many bodyguards. I wonder how much the president spends a year. It's probably a fair amount. I yeah. think there were reports about Trump's spendings, which were considerably high because he rode in a helicopter to a golf course every day. I think Mark Zuckerberg sees all of us plebes as zombies. Yeah. Well, and you know what? That's, that's going to come in uh, in our favor when we roll up. Um, yeah. Tell us the plan, Dan. So... Uh, we're going to have an unlikely scrappy doomsday war road warrior gang made up of a combination of tourists, um, soldiers from the 25th Infantry Division at Schofield Barracks in Hawaii, um, who survived the first contact with the undead, and also native Hawaiians. Mm -hmm. We're all going to show up hungry, dirty, and ready to eat the rich. No, 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 Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> Uh, we're going to be riding on top of heavy machinery, uh, blasting heavy metal music as loud as possible. That's amazing. There's going to be geysers of flame shooting out in every direction um, and uh, whirling blades down at the bottom that just shred zombies to bits. And, uh, and then we get to work uh, by uh, we start excavation of the entrance to the shelter. Mm. I talked about this in the billionaire bunkers episode, but uh, you know, underground, it's all just reinforced concrete and like you got to get a good excavator. You cut through that like hot butter. Wow. Um, just smash right through it. Uh, and uh, what if it's steel? Oh, it won't be steel. The, the door on the outside will be reinforced steel. Um, okay. But underground is all going to be it's all going to be uh, reinforced concrete. If it is steel, we just keep on hammering away. We bring out plasma torches if we have to cut <laughs> holes in it. We got time on our side. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> time and anger. Yeah, like he, they can't go anywhere. We got we got them boxed in. Mm. Um, so uh, we create a defensive cone around the hole, and uh, we blast uh, a nur nursery rhymes into the shelter at maximum volume. For Which weeks nursery on rhyme? Um, you know, I don't. I haven't chosen, but it's going to be the same one on repeat over and over again. Could we record? This is what I can contribute is my dinosaur song. Um, that might be too fun and too nice. <laughs> what we want is like an earworm that just like after weeks of listening to it will make you physically ill. I mean, you don't think that listening to a song about stegosauruses over and over again, that's exactly three lines, wouldn't eventually make you wild? Maybe. I don't know. But I'm, I'm going for something classic, like okay. Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Mm. Like that one gets into your head. Like it'll drive you fucking crazy. Um, yeah. So, uh. You know, blasting this music, we uh, every zombie that comes along that doesn't run right into our whirling blades, um, if they go through the the opening in the hole, we just let them go in, and the security forces inside they deplete their ammunition, um, and then uh, we just wait for the shooting to stop, and that's when uh, after a certain amount of time we start broadcasting through those giant speakers in the hole. Okay. okay. Um, that uh, the, those security forces that are inside, they're welcome. They're welcome additions to our road warrior gang. We find, we recognize their valuable skills. This is where my diplomacy and apple pie comes That's, in. This is where you come in. You yes. got apple pie. We start wafting the apple pie <laughs> scent in. The nursery rhymes go Chocolate away. Chocolate cookies. 
we start we start playing um you know we we start we start uh uh playing like familiar sounding tv shows outside mm. with a laugh track offer a complimentary mushroom incense holder yeah we got incense we got apple apple pie we're having a great time come to the cookout guys <laughs> <laughs> um and we tell them the security forces they're welcome with open arms we just want the billionaire that's inside yeah. that's all we want and that billionaire is probably being a total prick to these guys Probably. There's probably maybe even be a couple billionaires. There, there might be. There could be a few of them. And the more billionaires you have in one spot. The bigger the barbecue. The, the, well, the bigger the barbecue, but also the more that they're going to piss off everybody who's not a billionaire inside. True. They, those people are going to be ready to make any kind of deal. Um, so we just sit and we wait for the problem to fix itself. And uh, those skilled bodyguards eventually join our ranks after they drag uh, their billionaire kicking and screaming out the, out the front. And uh, we repair the fortress as best as we can. Mm. Um, and we return the land uh, to the rights holders. Um, and uh, we don't actually eat Mark Zuckerberg. He probably wouldn't taste very good. He wouldn't. He'd be stringy. Right. Gamey. Um, Does he we, have chronic wasting disease? He might at this point. <laughs> if he doesn't, can we give it yeah, to him? We can give it to him. Perfect. Uh, but the most important thing is we're going to put him to work rebuilding the internet so we can get back to watching uh, videos about cute puppies. I think that that's fair. Yeah. Um, and then after we've watched a sufficient number of puppy videos, we're going to pick a puppy, the cutest one, and we're going to make that one the mayor of Zuckertown. Oh, are they like a symbolic mayor? So the Kuliana rights holders have final authority, but like this puppy is sort of like comes to special events. You know, we'll have to negotiate that, but I think everyone's going to come to um, a mutual agreement that a cute puppy is going to do a better job governing all of us than any of us would. That's what I'm kind of wondering. Like, if you had a choice between voting this year for president, like a cute puppy versus any of the options. Yeah. Cute Would puppy. you vote for the cute puppy? Cute puppy. Better policy. Cute puppy for president. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we build Zuckertown to be a bastion of safety for all Hawaiians. And yeah. uh, we all live ha happily ever after. I like that idea. Yeah. I That's think, wonderful. I think this is a solid plan. I hope one day to go back to Hawaii if it's um, an okay thing to do. And, and participate in this plan. Yeah. Because it is paradise. Like, I get his it desire is. to also hoard 1,400 acres of paradise. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're going to survive anywhere after the world ends, why not be paradise where everything is plentiful? Because, like, yeah. not only is it just paradise, but also, like, it's, it's a place that will, like, sustain you just by what grows there. If it's not being taken over by fuckfaces, right? Which currently yeah. most of it is. Like that's the sad thing is that a lot of well, most I shouldn't say most, but well, a lot of Hawaiians yeah. live in poverty in paradise. But after we eat them, then the plantains will grow back. Yeah, the pineapples will will be plentiful. The fish will return. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Uh, Leah, horde shoutouts. This is new. It is shoutouts from the horde. What? Is, how does a horde shout? <laughs> is that the like beginning of our song intro or the, the end of it like that's the horde shout out sound yeah that's what i imagine every time i get like a message from anyone i like picture them as a zombie yeah and like uh, sort of like slurring words as i read it yeah so so what did what did uh what did megan 
um, groan at us. <laughs> <laughs> it was a groan. It was a fair groan, I feel. Uh, <laughs> Megan, thanks so much for reaching out. I uh, appreciate what you had to say. I'm going to read your note, which I think is worth it. So our last book that we read, just as a reminder, folks, was Plays Arc which was very divisive between Dan and I, and apparently also from our readers. So yeah. Megan is one of a few, um, but I wanted to highlight their specific comment. Um, they said they uh, still loving the podcast. Just finished your recent one with the zombie alien cat boys, LOL. I'm glad that that name got a laugh because I was very proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and had a small thought about Octavia's editing. While I agree a book written to a dying friend might be painful to return to, the fact that the book isn't a quote unquote trunk story, which I had to look up. I think that means when somebody's already died. Yeah. And you, they can't edit it. Um, and was published in Octavia's lifetime means it was edited. So while I agree with Leah that it would be difficult, obviously has she had to do some editing to get it published. If it was previously unpublished, that would be different. But since it was published, I don't think the situation behind writing it can be justification for lack of good writing. So, Dan, you're getting a point on Right Mountain yeah, because Megan wholeheartedly agrees. Thanks, Megan. I am a winner now. <laughs> But it needs cutting down. Um, and actually, I'm just paraphrasing here. They they did not finish the book also because of the sexual violence, which we agree. Like, that was unexpected. Yeah, it's, it came out of nowhere. <sighs> it did. It was expected, but also it's very surprising. It did. So here <laughs> I am on record saying officially, Dan and Megan, you're right. I think my um, extreme positive bias for Butler and overall enjoyment of the book positively biased me towards it and like made me kind of oversee the and forgive some of the problems of the book. So now that I've had some time to think about it, I agree. I mean, you can always pay for there to be an editor for one, give some time and space. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You could, you could even pay for somebody to just do all the edits, like somebody to, to suggest the edits. And if you just want them to be like, yeah, just fucking do it. I don't want to look at that anymore. Yep. Yeah. So I, I was, I, I, I'm going to say it. I was wrong. Yeah. Um, Are you so, proud of me, Dan, for admitting I was wrong? Oh, I am so proud. But you know what? Thank I you. don't need to be right. <laughs> well, I'm working on this. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm above rightness. The thing that will get me killed in a zombie apocalypse <laughs> is my need to be right, for sure. Um, also, a shout out to Greg the Writer 83. Because um, uh, we, posted, we posted a very you know, hard to guess a screenshot of a movie and asked what it was. And he said, the dead don't die. It's totally right on. Yeah. Yeah. First guess. You get a prize, Greg. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't even have to think about it. He looked at it. He's like, yeah, I know what that is. Greg, I don't know what you look like, but now I picture you as Greg from Succession. Um, and if you haven't read that or watched that show, highly recommend it. But that's what I'm picturing you as. is like a very oh, tall Greg. man in a suit who uh, is introduced to us by puking through the eye holes of a um a theme park mascot yeah. costume first job <laughs> i'm sure you wouldn't do something like that greg the writer 83 i think he would <laughs> let us know greg let us know greg have you ever puked through the eye holes of a mascot costume <laughs> i don't know and i'm just gonna give one more shout out to somebody who will probably never listen to our podcast but i think all of us should be following which is yk reborn exactly like it says i sounds on instagram um and the reason why i'm sharing about them is because they are a source of inspiration and hope and truthfulness in our extremely dystopian reality right now. So if you're looking to like hear someone's take on how we actually end empire and get the fuck out of this situation and create a more liberated world together, follow YK Reborn. Yeah. Or spread a zombie virus. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's an, a valuable alternative at this point. 
Yeah. So um, there we go, everybody. Uh, remember that now it's going to be episode 35 when we talk about our next book because we're doing an episode every week. Yeah. And like, you know, we need time to read these books. <laughs> we're, I'm admittedly a very slow reader. Which yeah. is why I all I often gravitate towards audiobooks. Not just because I drive for a living and I can't use my eyes to read them, but uh, man, you know the the combination of ADHD and um, undiagnosed autism. Uh, I I look at the page and I just start reading the same sentence over, over and, and over, over again, again, thinking it's the next sentence, being like, "This doesn't make any sense." Which is why I am uh, the audiobook for Sylvester Barzi's Planet Dead. It's our bedtime story, enjoying it very much. Um, please go check it out and read it along with us. And in the meantime, if you have a burning question, a random question, a thought, a need for a zombie apocalypse tip or life advice, you know what? I would really love like zombie relationship advice questions. Mm -hmm. That could be fun. Uh, we might play it on air and respond if you leave us a voicemail at 614-699-0006. You've got up to three minutes to leave a message. You can also email us at zombiebookclubpodcast at gmail.com. Keep it short. Uh, as Dan just explained, we're not exactly good with attention span. It's not you. It's not personal. <laughs> it's us. Yeah. And don't forget to subscribe or whatever the button is. You know, follow, subscribe, join. Is there a join button somewhere? Hit it. You should spread the that. virus. Yeah. Send the one that says send money. Yeah. Yeah. And go follow Dan's embarrassing um, foibles on threads. <laughs> yeah. You know, I do post on threads quite a bit. Yeah. You can find Dan at Dan the Zombie Writer. Yeah. I even posted a little bit of my, my writing the other day. Yeah. And you know, I just realized we never say what our, our, our handle is on our outro. Yeah. Our handle is at zombie book club podcast. Shocker. Yeah. It's also in, in the, uh, link tree description. The link tree. Yeah. So come and come and chat with us. We love to hear from you all and we hope you have a beautiful day and you're keeping it casual. Yeah. Casual thanks, day. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. The end is nice. Au revoir. <laughs> <laughs>